Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, 960th COG Superintendent. And today with me, I have... Lieutenant Colonel Monty Buchanan, 35th Combat Com Commander. Chief Solis, Superintendent. Senior Master Sergeant Letcher, 35th Combat Com Operations Superintendent. And Lieutenant Colonel Spink, the 35th Combat Communications Director of Operations. Awesome, gentlemen. I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, you know, we just kind of want to uh, introduce your unit. Uh, give you an opportunity to really just, you know, kind of talk about your unit, what you guys do. Um, so that said, what does your unit do? Well, we uh, we are magicians. We create uh, something out of nothing. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Basically, com- combat communications. Uh, they dr- anywhere in the anywhere in the world. You, you pick a point. If you can see the sky, we can create uh, communication. So uh, whether it's a voice, video, radio, uh, telephone. Secure, non-secure, we can we can make it happen, and we come fully equipped with our own power production, our own uh, air conditioning folks, our own tents. Our job's in tents. We literally work out of tents, and uh, we're we're kind of outdoor airmen, and and we get a lot of sunshine and a lot of wind burn. Awesome. So uh, you 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 mentioned a lot of parts and pieces to making that magic happen. Um, what AFSCs do you guys uh, have in your unit? So we have a total of 12 AFSCs within the squadron. Uh, we have 17 Ds, uh, 3Ds, all flavors, uh, 1X, or X1s, X2s, X3s. Uh, we have 3DOs, X2s, X3s, uh, 2SOX1s, 3EOX2s, 3E1X1s, 3F types, and uh, 8F, triple lot. So what does that mean to the, the in layman's terms? We got vehicle maintainers. We, or I'm sorry, we don't have VM. VM. We do have uh, Power Pro HVAC. We have uh, all the flavors of the 3Ds under the rainbow, with the exception of a Spectrum Manager. And our bench is fairly healthy, but we're always uh, looking for growth opportunities outside of our unit. Yeah, one thing I didn't hear in there was a kitchen sink. My goodness. Um, so definitely a lot of different AFSCs, right? Um, and when we look at uh, across the cyber wing, when we talk about 3Ds and, and some of those other AFSCs, we definitely have a lot of opportunities to cross flow between uh, other units within the wing and uh, you. Are there any particular skills that uh, you guys look for or attributes in airmen that you're looking for to, uh, to recruit for? Senior, let your uh, run with that one. Yeah, Chief. Uh, we actually are looking for motivated people that really like doing outdoor things. Uh, as the commander said earlier, we have outdoor airmen. Uh, we offer a lot of interesting schools that go very technical on uh, servers and satellite equipment and infrastructure equipment. So those skills, if people are interested in learning more about them, uh, one of the interesting things we do when we deploy, we build our own domains. Uh, most of the time, as airmen in cyber community, you're working on asset or other domains that are already pre-established. When we deploy, we build our own from the ground up. So the guys learn how to turn things from a blinky cursor 
to a fully operating server suite with every type of service you would see on a normal network. Uh, and that's a DOD level network. Okay. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, Chief, you know, and one thing about our unit, we're, we're an old unit and, uh, you know, an old mission that's been around. The 35th grew out of a, uh, the 35th Communication Squadron Command that was in uh, 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 in 1949, I believe. Oh, wow. And we've kind of progressed from them. Actually, our emblem was approved in 1950, and uh, it is it was uh, his, the historians tell us that it was written by a or drawn by a Disney artist. So it's a very unique emblem, and, and you'll see those around the world because you know we have stickers. And, and we like sticking them in every place. Uh, you know, we've been our unit's been around, you know, around the world. Uh, we have folks out the door all the time, and I think we have what we missed two continents so far. Yeah, we got two continents left, you know, mm-hmm. and we're working on getting there. Yes, we're we're trying to get there so that we can we can do that. So uh, it's we're just we're an old mission, and and combat com expeditionary com is 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 a skill set and a mission set that the Air Force and the combatant commanders really need right now. So just a little brief history. No, I love the history, right? Um, you definitely have a unique emblem, um, one that really stands out. Uh, and to, to hear about that history is is phenomenal. And uh, that tie back to Disney is just incredible, right? Um, and then the timeline, right? When we look at where the cyber wing is right now, being five, five six years old as a wing, or as an organization coming from the group into the wing now, uh, and the wing only being a, a couple of years old itself, uh, you know, to have that legacy that uh, Combat Com and the 35th specifically brings to the table um, is, is is phenomenal. Um, and, you, you know, and you bring in this uh, whole thing of expeditionary com, uh, expeditionary forces and hitting all but two continents. That that's that's incredible. Right. You don't necessarily see that in other other mission sets. So with that said, could you kind of uh, give me what a day in the life of one of your airmen look like? Nice. Uh, you know, it's uh, we really, you know, besides training, uh, you know, your, your normal skills where you come out and work on work on your whether it's the satellite communications, your radios, your servers, the infrastructure piece. You know, we have big toys. We have uh, 10k uh, forklifts, big deuce and a half and five ton trucks. Uh, we have some really cool Polaris's that are four wheel drive. Uh, so if you like ATVs. You know, it, it's really a nice facility, and uh, we have we live in a gated community on Tinker, literally five acres of fenced compound with the complete with a softball field and a basketball court and a playground. And yes, I said playground, and uh, we haven't got a hot tub yet. So, uh, well, we got to work on that, right? <laughs> Something. Oh, you asked. I'm sorry, the, the old man in me kicked in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chief, go ahead and talk about the. A typical UTA. So uh, a day in the life of the airman at the 35th, and, and my ops super is here, so that, that's really his wheelhouse. So he's going to jump in and fill in the blanks if I miss anything. But from the time our, our airmen show up, uh, we are absolutely hitting the ground running. We have prided ourselves in the last two years of doing a lot of process refinement within the squadron. And what we mean by that is anywhere we saw waste, uh, and, and in our opinion, waste is time. Anywhere that we could shave time and give it back to our airmen, we did. So you won't see a lot of meetings on our drill schedule. Uh, our members don't show up to, to run immediately into some sort of meeting in order to find out what the heck it is that they're going to be doing that day. What they do is show up in, their, in uh, an immediate end brief 
on the mission that they're about to start performing. So um, why do we do that? Well, time is expensive in our business. On average, a combat commerce takes 36 months to get cockpit qualified. We've shaved that into 18 months, which is unheard of. How did we do that? Process refinement and improvement. So we had to do a lot of out-of-the-box thinking in order to get uh, our readiness where it needs to be quick, fast, and in a hurry. That doesn't happen without the entire team uh, being on one uh, sheet of music, and, and we've managed to do that by creating the commander's battle rhythm in our UTA schedule. And that literally is our, is our gospel Bible, if you will, of how we do business. And every single drill, without fail, you will see equipment being worked on, airmen turning wrenches, or doing something that is related to their deployment tasking or their uh, upgrade training. So I, I don't want to say we're a, a completely well-oiled machine here, but we're definitely well on our way, and I think we're, we're setting the standard. And, and we do uh, a lot of exercises as well, and Colonel Speak can uh, speak on that as well. Absolutely. The, what Chief Luce was saying, that we always want to make sure folks are working on the equipment. We live to deploy. Again, the idea is that our unit is prepared at most when the nation is the least prepared. And so we want to make sure that everywhere we go that we are prepared uh, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually to go ahead and deploy at a moment's notice. And that requires a tremendous amount of technical capacity, technical capability on the gear that we have. And it's, again, a wide range of gear from uh, satellite communications to radios to servers to uh, the end-user laptops and equipment, uh, HVAC machines, uh, generators, trucks. Everyone, you know, there are so many uh, different qualifications that we have for our vehicles. So there's a lot that we need to bring to the fight from a technical capability. But also, we have to be mentally and, uh, and, and prepared as well. And we can talk a little bit more about that later as far as resiliency goes. But the important part is that we have to train like we fight. And so there's uh, many different opportunities to go out into, uh, as the commander said, we have five acres that we go ahead and, uh, and do field exercises in. We also are very blessed to have a, uh, a large training area just north of uh, Tinker Air Force Base, uh, just across the, uh, across the street. Uh, that we use as a secluded area as well. But the concept is, is this, is that we have to be prepared for a full spectrum of operations. And so our exercises uh, run the gamut from, hey, here's a suitcase-style communication setup that you're going to have to go ahead and set up in the top floor of a hotel room somewhere in the middle of Africa. So you train the two to three airmen that, that would be primary on that. You need to be able to do that all the way to a full-blown, what we call a large compact, HLCP, uh, that is able to support uh, up to 2,000 uh, users on an air stationary way. Now, we focus on the, the technical side of this is how you get calm up, but we also look at field craft. Um, how do you respond to a platoon-level uh, incursion? How do you set up a perimeter? How do you do, do site defense? Uh, how do you interact with the local population? Um, you know, it, it, it goes much more beyond can you just set something up and, uh, and have uh, ones and zeros communicating back to each other, which is important as our mission. But it goes beyond that because of what the, the mission sets that we've been asked to take on. We're able to go into locations that we may be one of few U.S. military representatives, and so we need to know how to interact uh, and defend the site, defend ourselves, and uh, engage with those that are around us. So the exercises that we do uh, really run the gamut 
uh, from that cultural piece uh, to make sure that we're in scenarios that uh, airmen are able to really exercise those skills uh, and also to, uh, again, using our equipment because, again, that's, that's where we're uh, getting sent out. The teams that we get sent on, we have strategic airmen. We can have a senior airman leading a team to go ahead and deploy to, uh, depending on the uh, on the mission set, to go out there and lead a team to ensure that we have the comms up to get the ATO to the uh, the necessary folks to be able to embed with uh, joint units that uh, go out on certain different tasks um, all across the world. So it, it's very important for us that we develop not only the technical capacity but also the cultural and um, and mental capacities of, of our airmen. So lots of exciting things, lots of different uh, different items to check for across the spectrum of operations. And uh, our exercises are very unique in that. So um, every exercise is different, and we're, we're excited to continue to produce airmen that are ready to answer the challenge. Right. No, I mean, you make some great points, right, um, of how you uh, kind of do the training there. And uh, you, you kind of touched a little bit on the deployment piece. Uh, when we draw both those together, what does your deployment cycle look like for that airman that's excited about the, that opportunity to actually get out in the field and be part of something that, uh, you know, really says this is part of the military experience? Um, senior Ledger, why don't you take that one? Chief, that's a great question. Uh, so from our perspective here, uh, we have the opportunity for an airman to do a deployment every three years to be able to go out the door as a minimum participation. But as a maximum participation, we have opportunities that come up annually where they could be out the door uh, almost all the time. We've had some airmen that have stayed out the door for almost two years straight, jumping from one exercise to another to be able to get the training, to be able to get that expertise, and be able to get the time to learn how to do this mission set. The, uh, a lot of it depends on the member. What do, what do they want to get out of their time and their service in the reserve? Okay. Uh, the youth has a lot of opportunity. Gotcha. No. So now to draw b- both those pieces together, right? We have exercises, we have deployments. You know, what do you guys do to develop your team as a whole? You know, uh, when we talk about the whole airman concept. Well, there's a, that's kind of a, a, a two pieces or several pieces of that, Chief. The, uh, you know, like Colonel Spink said, you know, we may send out a senior airman as a senior communicator. So we focus on developing our airmen to be leaders first. They're technical, they get in tech school, then we teach them technical, but we teach them to be leaders because they're going to have to take a team out. So they start getting responsibilities at a young, at a, a early in their career. I want to say young, but at earlier in their career. And, uh, and we continue on that. And the, the training cell, the chief had a, uh, a concept for a training and between him and the, the team, they, they really developed it. So I'll let the, the chief talk about that. So to, answer what I think you're looking for here, Chief, is that uh, we, as a unit, rally around uh, from the top down on the enlisted force structure to develop our airmen from literally day one. Uh, And that starts from the moment they hit rainbow flight. We already have an in with them, and they are actually brought over to our unit to make introductions. We walk them around, give them a five-cent tour, so that they see what they're going to be a part of, right? Uh, so we wrap our arms around our airmen early, fast, and in a hurry. Upon arrival into the unit after BMT tech school, they immediately go into the training cell, and that's where they're going to live, and they're going to learn all of the basics of any 3D or any AFSC, for that matter. It, we are AFSC agnostic in this organization. And what I mean by that is 
regardless of what you're on uh, UTC, we train you on every and any aspect on whatever team you are assigned. We teach 3Ds how to work on generators. That doesn't mean they're turning wrenches, but they are. They know enough to be dangerous, right? Right. Because in our business, there is no guarantee that the guy to your left or the gal to your right is going to be there. Right. We have to operate under the assumption that everyone at any given point in time could be the next man or woman up. So that's how we train to fight. So when it comes to professional development uh, in the 35th, we take it deadly serious. So much that the commander has allowed us to take literally hours out of his UTA schedule where we commit and dedicate time into pouring wisdom and knowledge into developing our next leaders, our next supervisors, uh, et cetera, and so on. Uh, we have working lunches with all of the senior NCOs. We have uh, professional development that uh, is religiously happening one hour out of every drill. And, and what do we do? We choose a topic that is geared specifically towards developing a skill set that we need in our airmen in order to be the next generation of leaders. We do that from day one. We don't, we don't hurry up and wait uh, and try and figure out who's going to be the next one to be promoted into what position. We know that probably a year or two in advance because that's how we're managing our documents and our people. And, and uh, we also have uh, Lieutenant Colonel Spink does a deployed leadership uh, training every UTA, and that helps develop our senior NCOs and, and any NCO that wants to set in on it on how to run a deployed site, how to be that senior person on the ground uh, at a large site. Because a large site, it could be a, a master sergeant take them out. And uh, we, we're having that happen right now. We're having a senior take a, a huge package out. So gotcha. that, that, that's why they're trained. Yeah. No, I mean, some great, great initiatives there. Definitely some models to, to take uh, back to the rest of the wing. Um, and I, I kind of feel like this might be a, a redundant question, but what makes your unit great? Uh, the people. Okay. And the attitude. It, it, we start on a UTA. We most most units you'll see them sign in at seven thirty, and then they're gone by sixteen thirty. Uh, we roll in the doors at five thirty, six o'clock, and I'm kicking people out at eighteen hundred. Gotcha. And they just it's the it's the work ethic. It's the ability to get dirty, sweaty, work outside, and. and and we have the smartest airmen in the Air Force. I've been in, uh, my enlistment was actually on a stone tablet. And, uh, <laughs> and I, have, I have watched airmen throughout my career. The, the group of airmen we have now is the brightest minds I have witnessed. And our leaders, we have developed leaders in this mission set for sure that I would, I would follow to the ends of the earth. And it's, the, it's our airmen that make it happen. The, our, our job is to just stay out of their way and let them do it. And innovation, and, and we try to follow what the chief of staff says, let's fail fast, fail forward. And there's, there's no risk of innovation in this squadron. Uh, you are allowed to innovate. And if you don't do it right the first time, figure out what you did wrong, and let's press, change direction, adjust, fire, and move. No, that's awesome. What's also great about the unit is that we have this, this balance of innovation and experience. Uh, right now, the folks on here on the phone, we represent 60 years of combat comm experience between the four of us. Um, I came from the combat comm unit on the active duty side, and the, the strength that we have, there's only three combat comm 
units here in the Air Force Reserve. The strength that we bring, though, is just that depth of experience um, compared to, say, an active duty combat comp unit where folks are in and out. You know, the PCF is just one type of unit that a, uh, a communicator is a part of in their entire career, whereas the the team that we have has been working together for, for decades. Uh, and when it comes to uh, times where we uh, where we exercise or we have competitions or uh, we integrate with other units, uh, that experience is certainly seen. And the incredible joy that I have when it comes to this unit is that yes, we have a conventional experience that, that we're leveraging, and it's not just the same experience, you know. Throughout, I mean, we have uh, folks like you know, Sr. Lesher and Shusalisa uh, have come from uh, from other units that are uh, that are outside. Still, uh, again, a wide depth of, of tactical communications experience on there. Uh, and uh, it, we don't, we're proud of our heritage, but we don't let it limit us. Right. And that we, we can say, hey, you know, we've tried this. We, we know how this operates. But there is such a flexibility and uh, resiliency that comes to uh, introducing new ideas that our airmen have. Saying, hey, oh, this, you know, that, that may have been great 10 years ago, but, you know, time to change. Let's, let's figure out a new thing. And it, it allows us not to be stagnant, but to, again, leverage that experience that, that we've, we've all had uh, going out and you know, we're used to flying, we're used to exercising, we're used to living in the dirt. Uh, and we can then take that and uh, use that springboard, stand on the shoulders of giants, so that we're able to then move our community uh, as a whole, the, the whole Air Force community of combat communicators forward. Okay, awesome. Yeah, now that kind of sets the stage for... What is the what do you see as the future for your unit? Oh, the well, currently the Air Force there's a not enough there is not enough of our mission set in the Air Force to meet the combatant commander's demand. We are uh, a high demand uh, mission set and and service and uh, capability, and it's just uh, busy. That's about the only thing. If you want to come, you know, come and, and be busy all the time and, and go and move, then this is the place for you. Awesome. Okay. Um, you know, that demand signal is only going up, right? And uh, I know we talk about expeditionary comm as being something a little bit different than cyber, but the reality is it's all part of the, the same network. It's all part of the same uh, pieces. So, you know, definitely I would like to see a lot more cross flow, taking some of that unique experience, that leadership development that you guys have. Um, and bringing that to some of the operation squadrons and taking some of those 3Ds that uh, that need some of that leadership development, some of that expeditionary thought processes uh, put in place uh, and come to, to a unit like yours. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, we've actually, we have uh, the, the unit uh, at Offit uh, now. Uh, we had, uh, we went out in the field with them before. We've worked with them. We've worked with folks from uh, from some of the NASAs. Uh, we always welcome folks to come out with us on uh, on our deployments because when we move, we don't have a problem getting airlift, and we have plenty of room because you know we'll fill up a C-17, and there's room for seats on that, and we like taking folks with us and participate in training. And go ahead and let the senior. Interestingly enough, Chief, uh, this year alone, we have uh, two different squadrons that are going to be coming and spending their AT here with us and doing some field training. They're going to get some in-depth leadership training for their senior NCOs and officers with our full-time AGRs. And the uh, airmen are going to get some hands-on tactical training with our uh, AGR Tech Sergeant SMEs. They're going to be learning how to build servers from the ground up. They're going to be learning how to uh, set up and operate in the field. 
uh, and get the chance to kind of see this mission set, see if it's something they like. Awesome. Now, I mean, you guys are doing some great things out there. Uh, I can tell you from uh, leadership uh, at both the groups uh, at the wing, see the great things happening at the 35th and then and the combat comms as a whole. I, I can't uh, say thank you enough for everything that you guys do, um, for the sacrifices that your team makes. Uh, when we look across the our enterprise, you know, the demand signal for you, your unit, your uh, your mission set is high. Um, rotation is high. Uh, and we put a lot on our airmen and they are performing outstandingly, right? Um, hands down, some great work. Do you guys have any parting shots for any of the gladiators out there? Well, uh, the, uh, we, we are an organization that embraces innovation. Uh, we embrace hard work. And the, the, the saddest position in this squadron is being the one that is waving at the person that's either on the ramp getting on an aircraft or at the airport going for deployment because that's what we live for. Uh, that's probably one of the hardest position, hardest things being in my position is not going out with the folks. Gotcha. And uh, we, it, it's ingrained in the culture. It's an ingrained in, in, in the attitudes, uh, the hardest working, hardest working group of folks that, uh, that I've ever, ever had the pleasure to work with. And uh, it's just, if you want to go to some fun places and do some good stuff, you have to work to do it. But yeah. the opportunities abound. Gotcha. Hey, Chief, for those uh, those airmen out there that are listening, if uh, they're interested in our mission set and would like to know more, have them talk to their supervisors, talk to their leadership, and see if they can come out here for their AT. Okay. We would love to host anyone throughout the wing. Uh, they can come out and learn about our mission, get some hands-on training, uh, get some good field experience. And uh, if it's something they like, it's a great opportunity to expand uh, their palate and their knowledge set. Awesome. We have plenty of room for them, too, Chief. Uh, I mean, that's besides the gated community thing, we do have a, a large facility that's a, it's a beautiful facility, plenty of room to train. And we always just love having folks come out. Chief, I think you had something. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Chief Howard, this would be my, my ask to every airman or officer out there that's listening to this podcast. So. Uh, here's my ask. If you're frustrated and you feel like, you know, your career is boldly going nowhere and you need a change, then I would invite you to get out of your comfort zone, try something different, and uh, go camping with your friends with Combat Com. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we do try and, you know, we have other opportunities. We try to schedule a super UTA every two or three years, and what it, that is is four days out in the field. And we actually uh, have aggressors and everything else. So you, you get to shoot blanks or sim rounds at each other and play in the dirt and, and uh, you know, listen to things blow up. So it's kind of like playing uh, paintball with uh, real weapons. It's, it, it's a fun, exciting time. It's tiring. But, again, the reward at the end is absolutely worth it. Gotcha. Awesome. I'll have to make a reservation sometime soon, uh, definitely at uh, Camp 35. I, I want to say thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for sharing about your mission, um, sharing about your airmen, and getting the word out there about some of the great things you guys are doing. With that said, I want to tell all the gladiators out there, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for the efforts that you make. Thank you for your sacrifices. And I hope you have a great day.